because I did not invest in it. Have you ever heard somebody say, if you give a child something, they are, they're not gonna take it, they're not gonna take care of it that well because it's a gift. But if you make them either buy it for themselves or invest in it themselves, there's a higher likelihood that they will, guess what? Do what? Take care of it. So this week, next week, I want to deal with two people from Scripture. Uh, one is Samson, the other one is David. I, I might be able to get to both of them today, but I probably just deal with Samson. So yesterday, as I said, it was a pivotal moment in my life. I, I, I was at a level of depression. I, I was doing rough. And I told God, I said, God, check this out, check this out, check this out. I said, if you don't show up in my life today, if you don't show up in my life today, I'm not going to make it to tomorrow. Shut up. I was sitting on uh, a peat one at Target. I'm sitting in the parking deck at the Target on peat. And I wrote it in my journal. Basically, God, if you don't do something, I've lost everything. I'm losing my family, losing my marriage, pretty much lost a lot of my money, lost my business, my health has been down. All of this in the land, my grandmother died, my other grandmother is in the hospital currently. I said, I am tapped out. If you don't do something today, I'm not gonna see tomorrow. So I went through the rest of my day. Now mind you, I had, gave, I had given God a limit time and I said, look, you got to tomorrow. So last night, I left the house, I'm staying, staying with relatives, I left the house to go out of Uber, and I get to a parking lot and I start, I park a car. I've had this book in the car for about two months now. I bought a book, and I bought it from Goodwill, um, and I just had it in the floor of the car. So, I guess, you could call it the Lord. Say, pick up the book and read. I don't understand. But anyway, I do. So I picked up the book. In the book, the guy starts talking about Samson. And God began to show me. He began to tell me a lot of things. He said, Virginia, you know, your background, you, you, you weren't popular. You know, you were beat up regularly at school. They threw rocks at your head, they spit on you, they, 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 they talked about you 24 7, they did you wrong, you know. So you don't have the confidence. You're not a very confident person. I know I stand up here and I can talk, but my father started me talking in front of people um, Christmas around 1985. He made it was a mandatory thing in my household that I had to get up and start talking in front of people. So I've been talking, I'm 38, I've been talking in front of people for 33 years. So yeah, I can do it. It's easy. I'm not confident when I'm up here doing it, but I can do it. It's like, it's like Michael Jackson. Like you didn't have to ask Michael Jackson to dance. Because he started doing it at five, he was just able to do it. Because his father routinely made them practice. He didn't have to think about music. It was who he was. I've been speaking in front of people 
large crowds for a long time. So this is nothing. So I'm still not confident. I'm not a confident person. As a bipolar person, my emotions, my mood swings go up and down like wind. So, here I am. God says, you're not a confident person, so you look for people. You look for things. You, 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 you want to be You want to be somebody because you didn't have all that things. You, you, the kid took that from you. When you were beat up the first time in first grade by three different people, by three boys at one time, you know, that, that kind of started you down the wrong path. So you're not the most, you know, you're looking for something. I'm like, okay. So then, he said, you're trying to find your source in everything else. So I have to take from you everything that you hold most important. I gotta strip you down to the bare bones. I gotta take from you all the things that you value. You see, every time, Jimmy, that you get successful, you stick your chest out and you think it's you. Come on. Every time you make, let me explain something to y'all. Uh, in one year time span, I went from a thirty thousand dollar pan a year job to sixty thousand. When I started my car business. I spent, I made, I, I brought in in one month 10 grand. Straight up. I bought Mercedes Benz, ball. I'm sitting and I'm at the car place in Mercedes Maybox and Rolls Royces and Lamborghinis and Ferraris. I'm like, I'm sitting, I'm like, all this money sitting around me. Look at all this stuff. And I've accomplished this myself. In less than two years, my household was generating almost six figure income in two years. And I lost it all. God, what are you trying to show me? God said, God said, remember the book? Remember that book you was reading the last night? Yeah. Go read about Samson. I don't know what this got to do with the prostitution. Uh, okay. So I'm reading through the scripture, and, and God said, read about Samson's conception. Read about Samson's birth and Samson, Samson, think about this. Remember the truck? Remember, I didn't buy the truck. I didn't fix the truck. I had no real value inside the truck. Samson, Samson didn't have a relationship with See, Samson's mother was barren. Samson's mother wanted children. Samson's mother was in agony because she could not, because a woman's level, her standard, who she was, her place in society was based upon how many children she had. So one day, the angel of the Lord came to Samson's mother and say, you're going to have a child. But that child is not going to be like every other child. That child is going to be a Nazarite. His hair should never be cut. And he will be committed to God. But guess what? Samson grew up. Samson grew up with a faith in something 
he had not invested in. See, some of y'all, we can run around here and we can talk about God all day long, but you're not walking in your faith. You're walking in what your grandma told you. You're walking in what your daddy said. You're walking in what your mama said. You're walking in a faith, I hate to tell you, that's not yours. You see, my grandmother, who died in May, my grandmother, see, I used to, I remember when I was sleeping on her floor when I was in college, and I was sleeping on the floor at 5, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning, I would walk by her room, and my grandmother's bed was impeccably made, and she would be leaning across the bed because she couldn't bend her knees no more, and she would be praying. See, my grandmother had developed her relationship with God at a young age, and in 1960, her husband went to work, and he never came home because he died, and she had four children to raise. So her relationship with God, she had to build that relationship herself. And by the time I came along in 1981, my grandmother was pretty good at what she did. My grandmother was so, so wrapped up in God that she healed her own son. She had spent so much time in the presence of God that she healed him herself with her tears. So my grandmother had walked with God. But guess what? Jimmy, had you walked with him? Have you walked with him? What's your story? How did you get? How did how your relationship with God, your personal relationship with God, what is that? Not your grandmama's relationship. Not your daddy who a priest. See, you came up in the house with a priest. With the prophet, you came up in the house with it. You came up with the Wizard of Oz. So you know who Wizard of Oz is. But see, you never developed your own story. You never knew or you never had your own walk. You never had to be at the bottom when you had to figure out how to depend on God for yourself. So I ask you a question. You here? Are you here because of what? see, let me tell you something. If you got a tree, a tree, you tell a tree by the fruit it bad. What's your fruit? What's your fruit? What's your fruit? What are you bearing? Because when you start to bear fruit, I hate to inform you, you don't show up here no more. See, Samson, Samson did not have a faith, a relationship with God himself. Samson had his mother's relationship. Samson had his daddy's relationship. Samson did not have God relationship himself. I did not have God relationship myself. I had my daddy's relationship. My mama's relationship. And the old folks used to say, you better know God for yourself. Because when you hit hard times, your mama can't get you out. Your grandmama can't carry your cross. Your grandmama, your mama, your daddy, they can't get you out of the mess you in. See, when you out here all by yourself, you can act like it, you can talk like it, you can try to walk like it. 
You can sing. Listen, let me tell you something. If you would have known me before yesterday, you would have said, that boy right there going to be, you can what? Woo! But I was doing it all on somebody else's borrowed time. You can walk around here complaining about what hadn't happened, what didn't go right, what did wrong, who did you wrong. You can cry about it, whine about it, lay on the floor about it. You can literally roll over and die about it. It ain't got nothing to do with that. It's on you. And Samson didn't realize that it was on him until it was too late. I don't know about y'all, but as a man, I have a weakness. And nine times out of ten, it's gonna be around. It's gonna be well. I, I, I'm married, so it's gonna be around that woman. Samson, love me. He loved him. And when Delilah came a knocking on his door and said, "Samson, can you tell me?" How how you strong, man? You know, Samson, yeah, Samson was smart too. Samson was smart with it too. He didn't tell him the truth up front. You know, you get you some old friends and you tie me up. I, I can't do that. Lie. Then he did it again. Said if you tie me up with a brand new rope, and I can't do that. Another lie. So finally, the lie is just done with Samson. You don't tell me what you what, how, how your strength is. Y'all know how to come with you. And once you get the whisper, you a rat. What you, you want to know? What's the secret to your spirit? Let me tell you what you do. My hell, you know, I'm a Nazarite, so I'm dead. I'm dead. I don't want to lose you to my I don't want to lose you so far. Um, so I want you to, uh, this is what I'm going to tell you what it is. If you cut my hair, really? Because the dollar is this. What you say? What you say? The law is good. Keep it real with self. <laughs> I don't, don't, don't want to lose this good thing. So, so it's cut my hair. I'm good. I'm done. So, Samson, who did not invest in his spiritual relationship, Samson was born into his greatness. Samson was taught, reared, raised to be what he was. Samson had not paid the price. You see, each generation after slavery, it seems like some of us just keep getting worse and worse. Each generation after the civil rights movement, it seems like we lose something. Because each generation after, see, 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 they didn't have to, we don't have to worry about lynching. At least not with voting. We don't have to worry about, about, about getting hit with water hoses. See, we don't have to, we haven't had to pay the price that the slaves and Martin Luther King Jr. paid. So now we can sit back after 1964 Voter Rights Act and wait for a check. Well, before 1964, they wouldn't have gave you a nickel for free. Keep it real. Samson had not invested in his relationship with God. He didn't realize that he had to invest in that relationship. And when he told Delilah the secret, it wasn't the secret that he invested in, it was the secret that was invested in his mother. 
It was the value that his mother had put in the prayer. It was the relationship that his mother had built. Let me ask you, I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to myself. How many days a week do you pray? Some of us are too good, we think, for prayer. Some of us, first of all, I see, I talk to myself, talk to myself. Some of us know everything. We know it all. We know so much, we stupid. We so smart that our intelligence has landed us here. You got it so figured out, but you ain't got nothing. Samson, when he was captured, they threw him in a prison. I don't know if y'all know this, but the only thing that's different from this in prison is the fact that you can walk outside and be lost. Up until, up until, up until they got Samson and they cut his hair off and they tied him up and they shipped him off down there to the prison and they took his eyes out. Up until then, Samson said, I got it all. I'm the man. I got all this and all that. And Samson didn't realize he was homeless and broke with nothing. He didn't realize it. He, he thought he had it made. I'm a judge. I'm Samson. I got power. I can carry a bench. I can carry a wall. I can do all these particular things. I'm the man. I got women. Everything. And then one day, God took it all. Let me ask you a question. What do you have left? What's left? What did God take you? What did he take? He had to take, he had to take something. Because if he didn't take all, you wouldn't be here. But then you'll say, well, you know, I did this, I heard that, and then the government did this, and then somebody did that. That's great. That's fine. I understand. But see, even when Samson was in prison, Samson had a coming to himself moment. Samson realized his mistake. Samson, when they bowed his eyes out, guess what Samson got the opportunity to do? Get clean. He got out, he got out whatever drug he was on. He had to let go of the bottle. He had to stop drinking. Because they weren't gonna let him drink while he was locked up in jail. They made a spectacle of him. They laughed at him. Oh, this is the mighty warrior of the Israelites. This judge, Samson, now look at him. No have, no power, no money, no woman. He ain't got nothing. But then Samson had to realize that if, God, if you just give me one more chance. Because see, now, now, in the jail, Samson caught it. Samson learned then. He knew then because he no longer could depend on his mama's relationship with God. Samson had to now depend on his own relationship with God. Samson had to talk with God himself on a personal level, not on God this you know, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He, you know, that wasn't, was, I'm pretty sure that wasn't the prayer. Listen, your Lord, I'm in I'm, 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 I'm messed up right now. 
But I'm struggling right now. I'm in prison and I took my eyes to keep my hair cut. I don't lost, I don't lost my power. I'm not a king no more. I'm a slave. See, 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 the point of being a king, the point of it is understanding that your crown must be casted down in front of the Lord. That you're supposed to, see, some of us don't want to wear or don't want to be a king. And that's fine, you don't have to be a king. Because when you be a king, that means you have to be, uh, you're accountable to something. See, I hate to tell you, I mean, you can't be accountable when you're not taking care of yourself. You got to be accountable for something. Wearing a crown means that there are levels and standards and things that you have to do. But if you don't want to wear a crown, that's fine. Our government says we will give you a check. If you don't want to be a leader, if you don't want to rule and subdue, if you don't want to take care of, if you don't want to be a man with a strong back, guess what you can do? There are shelters that our government gives money to and people who go out and advocate for it so you can come in and sit down and have no accountability. And you can stay there as long as you want to. Well, God, I got busted in the mouth. I, I, I lost everything. Okay, cool. But then you want to come in here and you want to stand in front of a cross and listen to a song on the radio about a God that you don't really believe in. Don't act it. Be it. Yes, what do you have to talk about today, sir? I would love a check. By all means, help me get it. In fact, I don't want to. Check this out. Fix Please. my back. Check this out. Hey, hey, check this out. Please. Hey, check this out. You can leave. I can't. I physically can't say Hold on, hold on. Let me ask you a question. Do you stay in here? This room? Yeah, that's why I'm here. No, 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 no. Do, do you stay in this room? I'm forced to. No. Do you live, breathe, eat, take a, uh, use the bathroom in this room? In this facility, yes. No. Answer the question. In this room. Well, walk out. I'm not allowed to. No, walk out in the hall or outside. I'm not allowed to. You're not allowed to be a human being? That's the rules of the place. For you. For everyone. No, no, no. no. You're, see, see, the thing is, you're so smart, you're not this You don't have to stand in this room. I don't need you here. You don't. This is this, 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 this. See, listen. You're so smart, you're not smart no more. Listen to me. I'm glad you think I'm not smart. I, I think you're smart, but the problem is you don't listen. See, something's wrong up here if you get that case first. So I'm going to be real with you. You can walk out. No, no, no. See, see, you're still not listening. Shut your brain off. Listen with your eyes because your ears don't work. Get up and walk out. And, there, and sit in the hall. Because you don't need anything, you have it figured out. So since you got it figured out, you can stand outside that door and look in, or you can be quiet. I talk to you like you're a child, but apparently you ain't born. All right, so just sit right here, thank you. First of all, I wanna get something clear. I'm not here. I'm not going to sympathize with you. 
I could, I, I could go and apply and get help too. I'm in pain all the time too. But I don't know, for me, maybe it's ego, maybe it's something else, but I gotta keep trying until literally God says, you're done, I'm gonna put you in the ground. Because I have a standard that I have to keep. I have, I have something God wants me to do in my life. I've learned my purpose, and now that I have that purpose, I've got to keep going. So, you know, when the time comes for me, you know, I'll, whatever. But as of right now, I'm doing the best I can, and I'm using everything that I have to try to do some good in this world. I'm not going to sit here and complain about what's going wrong or be upset that I can't use my toy. Which, you know, I don't have one of my toys. I still feel like a kid with a pacifier. I'm not going to be that. I'm not going to do that. I'm a grown man. So, anyway. See, Samson was in the pit. He was. And nobody cared. <laughs> Samson had to give people brand food. He had to get led around. Because when he went to the, 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 that day he went and he died, he had to ask the boy, hey boy, put my hands on the field of sacrifice. He, he couldn't help himself. He couldn't. He had to depend on the goodwill of others. But it was in that that he realized where the source was. See, you can talk about all this extra stuff. And the problem is, the reason why ain't nothing happening for you and you can't leave here is because you don't have a relationship with God. You don't know Jesus because you too intelligent. Get out of your high horse. Get out your own brain and get to know the Lord Jesus the Christ. And then it's not about your back hurt or about what they can't cut you a check for. It's about him. He is your source. Not this, not the Atlanta mission. He is he, he is the one who supply your needs. Not the Atlanta mission. He does. He is the one. He is the key. He him, not you. Do you want to know why your paperwork held up? It's because you ain't covered under the blue. The moment you get out from, the moment you get under the blood of Christ, you'll see a miracle happen in your life. And I'm sitting over there talking, well, I'm over there in the car with God myself. God, the moment you start realizing I'm your soul, I said, God, time has passed. I said, I'm getting old. What's happening? God said, guess what? I can restore you your years. Yes, sir. I can give back to you everything you lost. Why? I don't God. So you got to get off your high horse. You got to stop being Mr. Know-it-all on the computer networking to thousands of people across the world and shut everything off and sit down with God. But guess what? You don't want to do that. But that takes work. That takes that takes a little action. It's easy to watch YouTube. It's easy. It's easy to come with your bowl and get your grits. That's easy.
but to sit down here and say, God, I need you to work for me. Okay. Okay. But the day you say, day you say, God, I need God, create in me a clean heart. Create in me, renew in me a right mind. Renew my mind. See, the problem that some of us have in this room is that we ain't went to God and said, renew my mind. We know everything. And we got every excuse from A to Z, from one to a building, we got every excuse to come up with why we can't change. How many of y'all, raise your hand, how many of y'all, when they came over here for the construction job, how many of y'all took? I wasn't here. I wasn't here. I don't know about that. Think about it. I mean, some of y'all, some of y'all was here. Yeah. 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 Raise your hand. Think about it. Let me ask you a question. Who would take it? Who would? Yeah, who would take it? I don't know where that work. Now, let me ask you this question. How many of y'all could probably pass the test, the test to, to, to get the clean test to get to the office? Now, here's what I'm saying. We have to get to a point in this spot right now where we realize who's the source. We stop depending on everything else in this world and really focus on depending on God. <coughs> See, your relationship, my mom, I've been talking to my mom, my mom, I'm like, mom, why are you always, I'm like, me and God right now, we are not in the same me. You know, God, I mean, I'm hurt, I'm a little upset, I'm like, I feel God didn't abandon me, I feel like he didn't do this, I, I'm just upset. She's like, well, son, you still got to put God first in your life. I'm like, well, what do you think? I'm like, well, you, know, you got to put God first. You see, I have been depending on my mother and my father's relationship with God to guide me. But that, that ain't going to cut it. When life hits you in your mouth. And you can make a decision to stay laying on the mat. How many of y'all still laying on that mat because life busts you in the mouth? You've been laying on the mat 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years. You can live, lay on the mat and get the Atlanta mission to give you everything you need. Or you can be a man killer. But it's on you. It's on you. It's on you. Yeah, life's gonna hit you again. It's gonna bust you in the mouth again. It's gonna keep hitting you in the mouth. It ain't gonna stop. Just because you get out of here, guess what's gonna happen again down the line? Life's gonna bust you in the mouth. You're gonna get a black eye, a blue eye, an orange eye. You're gonna get scars. You're gonna get every kind of thing you think of. It's not over yet, bud. It's not over. It's never gonna be over. When you get put six feet in the ground, that's when you can finally say, man, I'm, I'm, I'm done now getting busted in the mouth of life. You, me, and everybody in here, guess what? All of us gonna die. And you can spend your life talking about what the government ain't did to you, or you can get your behind and do something. You can cry, you can cry. Oh my back. You can cry. Cry, you cry. You want some tissue? I'll wipe your eyes for But at some point, you gotta make a decision. At some point, 
You got to make a decision. I don't know if y'all, 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 y'all heard about you know, with, uh, uh, Antonio Brown, with, you know, with the helmet. But what happened before the helmet, he had uh, burned his feet. He had uh, been, he went to a cryogenic chamber type of deal where they dropped the temperature and the thing and let the body heal. That's the whole point. It's like taking an ice bath, but cold. So he was in this chamber and he didn't have no protection on his feet. And what happened, he was walking around on that nitrogen floor and he got the pretty much third degree burns under his feet. So when I was watching Hard Knocks, they were talking about, you know, he keep, when he go to practice, he would keep busting his feet. The blisters on the bottom of his feet, he would split Because he would be practicing. And they said, we cannot get him to stop preparing the way he prepares. Even with his feet messed up, he still keeps working out just as hard as if his feet was normal. How many of y'all got blisters and y'all still got feet in there? How many of y'all still on the, on the, you know, we can't get you to practice because you're still talking about your fever. Your foot done got healed. It done healed so bad, the calluses done fell off. They didn't get pulled off, they done fell off. Everything working fine, but you still talking about your fever. When you gonna get up, get off the training table? When are you gonna realize who's the person that fixes and heals? And take care of you. When you gonna realize? They couldn't get Antonio Brown to slow down. They wouldn't let him practice, but he still was training. He still was training. Kevin Garnett, I just saw a picture on Instagram. Kevin Garnett is standing on his torn Achilles foot. He ain't, he hadn't been, it ain't been six months. He's standing up and he's getting physical therapy on his foot. And it ain't been six months and he's still trying. He's got to push himself. He's got to work hard. He's got to do everything he can to get himself healthy. So my question to you, you're here, but are you doing everything necessary to get yourself healthy in a position to never have to come back? See, but when we realize who's the source, when we realized that Samson had realized himself after they took his eyes out and after they laughed at him and picked on him and all these things that I'm not the reason, I'm not the power, I'm not everything, I'm not it. There is something else to this. And he had to no longer depend on his mother and her faith. And he had to now find Jesus, find God for himself. See, it's not easy when you got to do the work, is it? It's not easy when you need to get up and pray and go to God yourself. It's not easy when you need to stay in God's face until he blesses you. It's not easy when you got to wrestle with that angel yourself. It's not easy. It's not easy when you got to do the heavy lifting. It's not easy when you got to fight the battle yourself. It's not. It's not. It requires work. And if you don't want to work, guess what you can do? You can come get to God and grit. I'm not telling y'all nothing that I don't have to wrestle with myself. Sometimes I'm trying to figure out where in the world am I going? God, what is happening in my life? And God says, until you decide that it's me and not you, 
until you realize that it ain't nothing you can do, that I'm the one who opened and closed his door, until you realize that I'm the source and I'm the key, until you realize that you want to start bearing fruit for me, no, you're not going to be successful at nothing. You're going to keep having the same issue day after day after day after day until you learn See, I don't want to be waiting on somebody else. I don't want to. Because I know God has designed more for my life. So I keep trying. I keep pushing myself. I keep setting goals. I keep trying. Who in here knows what a goal is? And I'm not talking about Atlanta United. But who is in here who knows what a goal is? Who in here really understands how to set a goal? Question, right here. Do people make a goal to try to get to heaven through the Bible, basic instructions before you earth? Can you make a goal? Can you, 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 can the goal, the ultimate goal, is to get to heaven. But there are still goals that you need to have on earth. Living on earth. And those goals need to be positioned to help you be the best you can be for God. Now, now the thing is, what we have to realize is, as we're trying to live for God, is that we have to realize that we're living beneath what God has called us for. Right? So now, yes, your long-term goal. It's the guy go ahead. But your short term goal is to be and never have to come back here. That's very true. But through Jesus, I mean, that should be always to keep Jesus with you. Walking, I, I, I think religion and faith has failed many people. And it has failed them because it has given them the mentality that all they have to do is die and go to heaven. That's the ultimate goal. But while we're on earth, we have a specific design. When we become Christians, we become a part of the body of Christ. Now, when you become a part of the body of Christ, you've got to, the, you've got to go to God and ask God, God, am I a hair follicle? Am I a toenail? Am I elbow? Am I a knee? What part of this body am I? Some people are supposed to be in the choir. That's part of the body of Christ that they are, that they're in. Some people, they are supposed to be great Christians and all these other things, but they're not designed to come to homeless shelter. You know what I'm saying? Some people, some Christians are designed to be the people who, who, who mop the floor. That's what God designed them for. Go ahead. Within myself, I, I got into something else and I started denying Christ. Okay, that's fine. You know what a used car is? Something that they do. Mm -hmm. And you know what, um, and when, when, you, when you buy a used car, nine times out of 10, I used to work at a car dealership. And when they would buy a new car, they would send it immediately to get clean. The used car is still used, but they would put on, put on a new shine. See, you may have been used for something else, but Jesus can put you on a new shine. 
Because that's what it is. Don't ever, this, and I'm, I'm, God is seeking, he asked that question through you to me, for me. Don't ever think that you are not good enough for Jesus. Never. No, I, I thought. It don't matter, it don't matter what you've done. I want to make sure that's I good. thought he wasn't real for a minute, for a minute. That's fine. Trust me, bro. Guess what? Welcome to the club. I'm right there. I understand that. I feel you on that because I've had to go through that down myself. But one thing I realized, every time I would go away, God would say, but God, I don't see you. I'm right here with you. I know you. I know you've been out there doing all these other things, but I'm still here. My blood that's on that cross, I shed it for you in this moment. And I give you grace every day. Because I knew you would go through this and you would need it. So, yeah, you might have went through that, but you did not disqualify yourself. When Jesus died, he hung on that cross and he died for you, he died so you would not be disqualified. You cannot. Well, let me say it like this. Now, some people who feel different, I don't. You can't lose grace. Some people feel, some people say, well, you know you can lose it. Look, if I can lose it, I don't know why he gave it. You know what I'm saying? You know, when you buy your child, anybody ever had, you know, they buy the child a Christmas gift, then the child just start tearing up everything in the house, so you take the Christmas gift from them. You're like, look, I'm going to take the gift from you. You just and tow up the house with this gift. So I'm going to take it and put it over here. And when you learn your lesson, you can get it back. They don't take the gift and take it back to the store and give it back to the store and get their money back. Mm-hmm. You want to better? All right. So let's say, for instance, your goal is to, I don't want to use this again. Let's say, for instance, your goal is to, let's just say, paint a picture or something, or draw something. Or, yeah, let me just say that. First of all, the goal, the ultimate goal is to paint a picture, right? Or, we'll say, no, I got it right here. Watch this, look at this ball man. Let's say your goal is to make this cross. Well, we know the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is to build it. This is the ultimate result. This is the end. So you, in your brain, have to see the end result, right? But guess what? What are the pieces that go into building this? This is made out of wood. And where we get wood from? Tree. This is made out of wood. All of this came from a tree. Now, the thing that's important to realize is that after the tree was cut, after they, they had, you had to have a saw, you had to have other wood making material, you had to have a way to fashion the molding on the wood. See, all of these things are part of building the product. You set the goal. I know what I want to make. I want to make a cross. Well, what do I need to make a cross? Well, let me, let me Google it. How do I make a cross? I have to have wood. I need a saw. I need a wood shop. Because if you notice, on this, on this piece of wood, you don't see screws. 
So you can eat some glue. Then around the edges of this thing, there is some type of indention. So you need a special type of salt. Now these are all ingredients to what you need to make the cross. So when you set a goal, you set a goal, I want to get out of the mission, get my own place, do everything I need, eat everything myself. The goal, the ultimate goal is my own place. What's the next step? What do you need after that? Well, I need a job. Possibly. How old are you? Can you get government assistance? See, that's when you got to go and you start looking at the details of what you need. After I find out, I'm 65, I can get government assistance. I can also get a place to stay through the government that can help me do it. And now you're here at the mission, and the mission have the tools and the people and the connections to help you get to where you got to go. So the thing is now you have to apply the information you've learned. Brooke, can I ask you a question? Go right here. You said apply the information you learned. I heard you say until you gave Jesus his rightful place in your life and nothing you did did prosper. Right. See, here's the thing. The goal is across, right? But at the end of the day, you're going to need somebody to help you get through. Because in the processing of making the cross, you may get a day where you don't feel like you want to do it. You may get a day where you don't even think you can do it. And it's those days when you have Christ in his right spot to give you the strength. I got into start believing in Egyptology and everything. I'm not saying that's bad or anything. I mean, I mean, I'm, listen, first of all, I, I'm, I'm pretty first in the kingdom, myself, and I understand where it comes from and why people want to do it. And for our, you know, the e Egyptology is based on fact, and it's your ability to prove something, to be able to see it, to be able to do it. Many people in Egyptology, they say, well, Christianity stole from the Egyptian, you know, uh, the Immaculate Conception, or whatever. Jesus Christ also even lived in Egypt. There are a lot of different theories. But at the end of the day, Christianity is not based on fact. It's based on faith. See, walking with Christ is different than walking with the ability to be able to see something. See, I can see this stand. I know that it is a stand. I can knock on it, kick it, push it. It's a stand. But that stand does not require me to have any faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, when you can't see it, you can't see the wind, but you feel it. So Christianity, faith, walking with God, is walking with the wind. And when you get Christ behind you, his wind, when he blows on you, will push you. And that's the whole point. We need pushing. That is how we can tell, or I can tell, if you're going to leave out of the mission. Having people that's in the room with you ain't gonna never leave out of here. They're not gonna get out of here. Because there is no wind blowing at their back. See, they come in here and they talk God, but God ain't blowing at their back. So you gotta produce the fruit. See, you gotta produce it. If you're not gonna produce it, you can't do nothing with it. God is not going to use something that can't be, he's not, wait, wait, I'll take it. He can use anything. But you got to let yourself be you. When you, when you base that upon, when you say that's a lack of faith in people? Not going to say lack of faith. Two volunteers. Two volunteers we need. 
All right, you got five, can you wait five minutes? They'll be out this in about five minutes. Okay. Um, I don't say lack of faith. Because we all have, sometimes we have faith, sometimes we drop the ball when it comes to faith. Sometimes it's just when you drop the ball, realizing that you got to pick it back up. And then realizing that you got to start over. There is nothing wrong with starting over. Man, who do you think? It's not easy. But God gives you the insurance. And your insurance, you can't lose it. So when you can't lose your insurance, you can then keep going even when you didn't drop the ball. Listen, I, trust me. Uh, Walter Payton. Did Walter Payton ever fumble? Yeah, definitely. He fumbled once or twice, right? But guess what? He didn't stop running the ball here. So you fumble. When you get to the sideline and the coach and the coach get through cussing you out, which is more than likely what happened. You tell the coach, coach put me back in. Because I gotta make right. Whatever. What you wrong? And that's a daily process. Man, I can't wait to make me because David got a deeper story than but see, the point is, I want you to realize is that when you lose your crown, when God strips from you everything, He doesn't say that you are now no longer capable of coming back up to the top. He's not taking everything from you to stay where you are. He took everything from you to show you who is the source. He took from you everything to show you who provides for you, who put clothes on your back, who, he did that for a reason. It is not to break you. It's to make you stronger. I go to God and say, God, why? Why did you have them do this to me when I was a child? Why? I was a child. I didn't ask for this. I didn't want to be treated like this. God said, guess what, Jimmy? I knew you would be the one who would talk about it. Because most people don't want to talk about it. Most people don't want to say, I'm bipolar. I got some issues. Most people don't want to say it. And as a black man, you better not talk about mental issues. You better not say that you got some weakness that nobody can see. As a black man, you supposed to be strong. How many people have you had in your family that when they would start talking, you know, you got some issues. They whispered about it. Nobody ever would have talked about it. Nobody would have know that there, you know, something was wrong with that. Dad, why did daddy beat my mom? Daddy had issues. Why was daddy an alcoholic? But daddy was trying to drown out all the voices that he would hear in his head. Nobody talked about that. How many years are we as people of color going to allow the issues to keep killing our children because we too ignorant to talk about it? We too, we too, too much want to hide the fact that auntie, all she want to do is drink alcohol. Nobody want to talk about it. Nobody want to deal with it. But when, you know, it's an issue. So God said, hey, Jimmy, I knew you were going to talk about it. So I'm, I gave it to you. And I'm saying, God, God, I don't want this. I don't, I don't, I don't want this. But it's you. 
It's only you. And you have been running from it your entire life. Now that I have you elected, I cannot build you for greatness. Your life is not over because you're here. Your life is over because you have given up on yourself. Some of us be in every class they got. Every class you've been in. The class on cutting grass. The class on, you know, this. The class on that. You in every class. Three months done passed. Six months done passed. Eight months done passed. We had a year now. And you in every class. You here every day. Listen, I hate to tell you, this is not college. Just because they give you food in the dorm and clothes, this is not college. You are not designed to stay here forever. And guess what? This place is not designed to keep you forever. Listen, uh, alert, spoiler alert, they actually want you out of here. You are holding up progress. Not them. You. Now, I hate to say it like this. The Lord loves you, but I hate to tell you this. You in the way. Because you blocking somebody that's going to use the facility for the right intended purpose. Amen. There is somebody who can't get a pot because you in it because you don't want to get out the way. And they need a pot to stay to get clothes and the food and the energy and the strength and the resume and all of the jobs so that they can get a job and a place to stay. But they can't do that because you think because you think this is retirement and you ain't no government check. Get out of the way if you don't want to change. They don't need you. You're not paying room and board, so you don't need a room and board if you're not going to do what's necessary to get better and get out. Move on. It's over 7 million people in Atlanta. Trust me, it's somebody who needs this. Because obviously you don't. See, you can wait for your government check under the bridge. You can wait right there and let somebody come in here who really needs help. Let somebody here use this space for what it was intended for. Let somebody actually let somebody who need, who have hope, let them have an opportunity. It says hope. You got to add on the hat. It says hope. You don't have hope. Get out of the way. God love you. He do. He really do. And guess what God has already done? He sent his son, Jesus Christ, down to you. He can't make you take the grace. He gives it freely. It's up to you to do something with You. And you can have you. My brother talked about being in Egyptology. You can have Muslims. Let me tell you one of the reasons why. And I, I battle with this myself. Why I follow Christ. And I, trust me, I've gone back and forth. With Islam, with Egypt, I trust, I battle. Uh, Egyptology, Egypt, Egyptology is based upon the things you can prove. Islam, Muhammad ascended to heaven. Buddhism, 
Buddha became one with the universe, per se. Christianity is the only faith where a person who did not know you, who really didn't have nothing to, nearly didn't need nothing to do with you, decided to die for you. See, Muhammad didn't die for nobody. Me, I'm a Lord person. I respect those. If somebody died for me, you're going to have my Lord until I die. Muhammad didn't do nothing. He left. Bye. He gave us the Torah, the Torah and that was it. He went on top of the mountain over there and went there for over all. Go ahead. Where's the cross that he died? I'm sorry? Where's the cross that he died? But I mean, now hell, now do you want a historical reference? You got the pyramids now. That's what I figured. They still exist. Do you want the, do you want the, the historical record or do you want the faith record? Like even the history record. There were some people who came from uh, Europe who supposedly had the true cross and that they went into battle with it against the Muslims. Those people were called the Crusaders. They supposedly had the cross, but they went over there to Jerusalem after the Muslims were over and got their behinds kicked. And let's just say history, nobody knows where it is. That's the history version. Now, faith version is Thomas, when Jesus went to Thomas. Faith version is Jesus said to Thomas, Thomas, you know, since you doubt that it's me, put your hand in the prince. See, Thomas didn't, see, Jesus didn't show Thomas the scar. Jesus showed Thomas the wound. And Thomas put his hand in the steel wound of Christ. Now, mind you, here's the thing. When you operate in what you can only see, you battle with faith. See, it's not sight. See, who says that you have to go by fact? They need evidence. See, that's man's law. That's why you need evidence. See, when man makes it, you need fact. But when God makes it, you just need faith. And I understand, bro. I've been there. I sometimes I need proof. Like this is law. Look, I tell you straight up. You know, Moses part of the Red Sea. You say I need some sea part in it. I need a little some extra stuff too. I need a little. Uh, I need some proof. But then God said, faith. Faith doesn't require proof. See, let me ask you something. Which is harder? See, when it's easy, we want to do it. When it's hard, nobody want to work. So think about it. But look, that's a fact. Which one requires the most of you? See, faith requires your brain to stop trying to find proof of God. That's what faith said. Faith said, I don't need proof. Faith said, I got faith. But proof says, look, man, I need to know the square root of and that's great. That's awesome. We have proof in the pyramids. We have proof. The proof in the pudding, as they say. We got proof in all this stuff. We got things that have stayed the test of time. We have. That's fine. And I understand. And I know, like, coming up with my, as a brother, trust me when I tell you, it's difficult sometimes to be a Christian. Want to know why? Because, one, yes, truthfully, it has been propagated by other people in our country. Right. And it's hard 
sometimes to walk in Christianity when the people who beat you as a slave shoved it down your throat. It's hard. I know. I understand it. That's fact. Now that's a fact. That's, that's a fact. I know that. I know. Trust me. I trust me, bro. I know. Huh? Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. I'm sorry. It's true. It's difficult as a black man to look at a blonde-haired, blue-eyed baby Jesus. That's hard. I curse that. I don't want that. I don't want that. I feel you. I don't either. Because Jesus is not blonde-haired and blue-eyed. Propaganda. It's time for you. Because you have the ability to prove that black people can follow faith. See, let me say something. I'm going to give you the name. Nazis, the Nazis had a propaganda against right? So most of what the Nazis told them was a lie. Christianity was built. You know, when somebody hands you a flyer, they hand you a flyer because they want your input on something or they want you to go somewhere, right? So, for the most part, if you look at a commercial from Phipps Plaza, it ain't gonna have a dog person in it. Because you ain't got no money, they don't want you up there. They gonna have some other people up there going at blue eyes for a Rolls Royce, right? Now, here's the thing. <laughs> Propaganda. <laughs> Christ has been misused to represent a culture of people who feel some of them, not all of them, be real. Y'all know who Bernie Sanders is? Yeah. Bernie Sanders walked with Martin Luther King. Not all people, mind Bernie Sanders also Jews, but not all people are racist, be real. But our society <coughs> jacked up a faith. It doesn't take away from the fact Christ, what Christ did, on the cross does not take away from what we meant or what it was supposed to design, be designed for. It doesn't take away. His grace and his mercy is not taken away because some people use it to murder, kill. I'm sorry, let's keep going through another thing. You know, like, you know say it's like this. One of the first major terrorist organizations, I hate to say, is Christianity. And we have a Christian culture. We have a Christian cult called the KKK. Who are Christian? Okay? So I understand. Trust me, brother. I understand. But I want you to understand something, too. God is using me, and sometimes I have to fight with it as an example for what we can still overcome. Because faith, faith doesn't require me. I appreciate that, brother. Yeah, I appreciate that. Even the slaves are being real, man. You know what I mean? It takes for the same to say, come out and say, you're the same. Bro, I'm a teacher. I sit here and I battle with it. I got a 63-year-old dad that's a preacher. Sometimes it's hard, and I'm like, man, look, man. My country has done me wrong. And it's a Christian-based country. Right down the street on 75, a bunch of Christians get together and burn falsely. How am I supposed to be a Christian? But Jesus says, love thy brother. Even 
even when we do you wrong. I'm like, you didn't think so. You hear me? I am not turning the other cheek. I'm just going to let you know God did not design me with that gift. I'm just keeping it real. I'm not Martin Luther. I'm more Malcolm than I am Martin. You come at me. I got to, I'm going to keep it up with AK and I'm going That's me. That's why I need Jesus. Straight up. That's double faith for me. I'm just type works. You slap me. That's why I need the Lord. You know what I mean? It might take you the rest of my life, but you're going to work on me. You know what I mean? Keep it real. That's the truth. And there's nothing wrong with that. You don't think God the King ever said, Look at that. The next joke will threaten me. I'm coming. You don't think so? You don't think Martin Luther King didn't want to go when they bought his house, you don't think they wanted to go find him. You're a bright man. I, I got to tell you. But, you know, but I can't get into that. Jesus overturned the table and beat him with whips and said, this is my father. It's my father. But look, the picture that they show you in many churches is a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus. Listen, when you see that now, know that that's not true. Know that. It's okay. Let me tell you something. It's okay to struggle with faith. It's okay. But God still loves you anyway. He still died. He died for your struggle. I travel where I come in, listen to you. I, when I went to Morehouse Prayer and I started getting around Muslims and Five Muslims and they started talking that night, I'm like, oh, Lord, what a Bible Yeah, I am. I, I'm going to say, yeah, I am. I'm going to tell him. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And then I had to go through all these years of struggle trying to figure it out for myself. That's why Samson, Samson did not have his faith. It wasn't his. It was his mother's faith. When Samson lost his eyes and thrown in jail, that's when Samson found God for himself. You are in prison and your eyes have been bounced out. Now is the time to find Jesus. But it is a revelation to you about uh, the color Jesus had and all that. Some people don't like to put a revelation. And they Christian. But anyway, <laughs> he had bro. He had allied down wood and feet like Paul Grass, bro. I don't know how you seen that. I you know them statues they have in the Catholic. I'm still looking for a brown one. But anyway, <laughs> but he still, look, just because it's a struggle does not mean that you're not designed to have and God is not designed to love you anyway. So I appreciate that my grandson named Jeremiah, father was named Elijah, and them was my favorite books. I wasn't with their daughter all the time, but maybe she inherited something that in me of God. And I didn't know what to talk to him about. You know what Jeremiah 1 said, right? Jeremiah 1. And you know, Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. Jeremiah 1 says, uh, before the foundation of the world, I knew you and I ordained you. Um, Elijah was the prophet, you know. God has done a lot of things. Um, and as Christians, we're going to always, some of us, are going to always have to wrestle with who we are, who we were born as, and who we are reborn as. When you are born again as a Christian, 
You are born now into Christ's life. That's not blonde head and blue eyes. Okay? That is a complete disrespect to Christ. Don't focus on that. You focus on the fact um, that God wants you to think about it. It's, it's easier to hate somebody because of the color they see. But Jesus says, you got to do the heart. You got to love them. When they use you, when they hurt you, when they beat you, I'm like, man, I, I, I'm better off mad. I'm like, I, I like being mad because that's easy. But to love somebody who bombed my house, Well, let me tell you something, brother. I'm, I'm happy you're alive if you were fighting for I thank God. In, in, in my current America. East St. Louis, I read I was murdered in slain. I did carry my best friend's cancer. But I was young. Well, you know, African-American men have been beaten and killed by police officers <laughs> since Reconstruction. We have, we have, we, we are taught in our communities not to trust cops. I mean, it's an underlying story in all African-American culture. But one thing that we did just like we were given the pee, because it was all that was left, we were given the grace and mercy of God. Because that's technically all we had in So what I try to do, and I call it the dog side, my dog Vader. That dog side is pretty, I'm not gonna lie to you. It's empowering, it makes you feel great when you go to that dog side. But in the end, the dog side doesn't really help you. The dark side makes you wear a mask. When you're a Christian, when you when you are out here trying to do stuff for Christ, you have to take all of that off. That could be considered alchemy. Yeah, it could be considered alchemy too. But you have to take all of that off, and you have to become a walking billboard for Christ. You understand? Know so yeah, bro, I understand. It's hard being a brother out here serving a white Jesus. It is. It is. But you know, I found myself felt like I was worshiping Satan. Hmm? I was when you say worshiping the dark side. Yeah. I was actually worshiping worshiping. I'm like Satan Patah. Like Patah. I understood. You know what I'm saying? I mean he's your top. I understand. But what I'm saying is Christ. Christ is not one that blue eye. None of that. It's not that. He is not what the slave masters taught the slave. When they were whipping us, he's not that. I know your anger. I know your rage. I feel it. I feel it deeply. When I see cops murdering black men, trust me, I struggle with my faith. When that, when that cop shot that black man in the car with his wife and kids, I was scared to death to get in my car and go home. I've had to walk that line. I understand. But let me ask you something. Martin Luther King had to live every day with a gun picked on his head. But he still walked with God. They had water hoses turned on them. They were beaten, lynched, murdered for the color of their skin. And Martin Luther King said, I want my children to grow up in the world, but they are judged not by their color of their skin, but by the content of their character. We are still not judged by the content of our character. 
That's why we need Jesus even more today. We have leaders who perpetuate brutality and murder. Most folks don't want to hear it. I don't care. Because I got black men out here dying because they got the wrong viewpoint of Christ. That's why I say you're a king. That's why you're a king. And remember, your crown is subjected to Jesus. No other religions don't have you do that. Your crown, your king, you got a crown constantly. But you got to give that crown to God. He'll provide everything. I'm sorry, but, man, I ain't going to get off way, 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 way. I'm gonna wrap, huh? I'm gonna wrap it up. <laughs> Be easy now, you take care. Hey Jeff. Yes, sir. You alright? <laughs> I mean I'm saying I'm saying this for a reason Yes, sir. I the first person that ever came here and had the courage to tell the damn truth. And, and I found myself. Yeah, I just been here a week, bro. I found myself. I've been here a week and I heard five, six different things. And I walk out on home. Tell me, stay your whole duration, bro. I got to put myself at line with the Lord. I mean, not to 